0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. And tonight, I want to welcome back to the show, the one and only host of The Leak Project, Rex Bear. How you doing tonight, Rex? Awesome. How are you doing? I am doing awesome as well. And we've got a lot to talk about because our world is crazy. But first, before we get to any of that, uh, you were a big influence on getting me started on my channel. You were the, you know, one of the handful of people that really influenced me. So let's get a little bit about your background and what got you started doing this.
0: Okay, sure. Yeah, so my background, I mean that's that's a long story. That would be a entire series of podcasts. Uh I you know, it was probably between 80 and 100 jobs and career paths during my uh 20 something years of working for the man and I got into alternative media several years ago when I started doing a lot of research into just what is going on around the world? And then I started doing a lot of blogging and then I got invited to do like this round table discussion on this, um, conspiracy forum and that did really well. And I, you know, was pretty successful at it and then ended up having to go back to my nine to five career path, which wasn't really nine to five, but I'm just using that as a term. And then I, um, decided you know what i'm going to i'm going to start doing something on youtube i'm i'm going to start just talking about what i used to talk about and and see where it goes and start doing interviews cuz i've got a thirst for knowledge and it just sparked and just created this incredible flow of information of different people from around the world that started to expand my knowledge base and it just all came together you know i mean i i think that you know, Looking back at the different jobs and careers that I've had uh, over, the, over 20-something years, I'm like, man, each one of those ha- has helped me. I've learned something to, to bring to Leak Project. I've learned something that got me to where I am now, and it seemed like it was all kind of building up to this point or to the point that started a few years ago when the inception of Leak Project began.
1: Very awesome. Yeah, um, I'm experiencing very similar things uh, with what I'm trying to do. Um, it's, you know, it's, it, it's really great when you can focus your energy on something, doing something you love and seeing it go somewhere. And it, especially your channel, I mean, it's grown so much just since I've, uh, since I've started watching you a few years ago. It's amazing, man.
0: Hey, I I appreciate that. You know, what's funny is I talk like this no matter what I'm doing. If I'm getting oil changed in my van, if I'm getting groceries, if I'm getting um, my license plates renewed. Uh, When I was at the Witness Protection Program in the desert and I got escorted into my hotel room by the bomb squad and I had an opportunity to speak with a bunch of SWAT out there it was kind of the same thing and i was like you know i was like oh okay well what do we talk about well, i guess what i normally talk about is funny cuz one of the people, one of the swat guys i found out was actually a leak project listener at the end of the night oh nice <laughs> yeah. cool. it was golden
1: awesome all right rick so let's start let's start deep i know you cover this uh, with a lot of guests uh, you cover this with you know on your own with your own research into ancient oh yeah and to what's going on right now. I'm here. I'm wait- um, so what are we living on? What is our planet? Do you think this is a simulation? Are we uh, some sort of video game for some alien? Is it a hologram? Uh, what do we exist on? Wow. I
0: mean, you're asking some great questions, and I can give you my theory or hypothesis. However, with exactly. that said, I don't even know if that would get you a cup of coffee. If you ask somebody to buy you a cup of coffee with this information, they might just to hear what you have to say. Well, you've
1: spoken to so many knowledgeable people about this. You've done tons of research yourself. So I'd love to just hear your take on what you think it is that we are actually living on.
0: So I think that if you look at modern science and you get into quantum physics and you get into matter, and you get into perception changes matter at the quantum level, it is simulation in nature. Now, does that mean it isn't real? No. Um, Could we be in some type of video game scenario? Absolutely. Uh, Does does it mean that there's somebody out there that's got a controller that's moving us around through our DNA? Maybe, but I think it's a little bit more in-depth than that. Now, I've had enough things that have happened to me in my life, synchronistically speaking, that – Have made me a wow. Either the universe is talking to me or this is, you know, this is a simulation in nature. But it does seem as if the entertainment industry creates enough emotions from humanity that something is feeding off of it. Now, whether it's a video game or a gourmet buffet, if you want to look at DNA as code, it is dual binary code. So we are essentially quad code. We do live in a holographic, natured reality. You could take a part. Of the whole and create the whole. I mean, in, in a fractal nature. And an experience that I recently had, um, a, a shamanic journey that I recently had absolutely validated this machine that we are in and how powerful, complex, and enormous it is. It was, I was, it was actually mocking me as I was watching it. Very interesting scenario. It was like I was living in multiple. I was living multiple lifetimes in a matter of minutes. It was, it was yeah, very I'd like to
1: hear uh, a little bit about that. Um, if you don't mind, could you talk a little bit about that experience?
0: Yeah, and, and we'll we'll kind of keep it. Um, we'll, we'll we'll code word it. So it was a very powerful, life changing experience for me, and it confirmed to me this machine reality that we seem to reside in. Everything is frequency. And we are here for a ride. It's a ride. It's a journey, it's an experience and any this this machine is so complex and so advanced it can show itself through any form. It could show itself through uh a herd of elk through a, a weasel that pops out of a hole through a gopher, through a tree, through a set of clouds. It's so amazing and fascinating when you can see it at that level. it's very scary and exciting at the same time it's it's almost like you just have to let go. I, I had multiple ego deaths and uh very very mind-boggling, man. I, I can't even put it into words. It's like an experience that you have to see for yourself and 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 go through yourself. But you know, talking to a good friend of mine, Diamond from Oppenheimer Ranch, about his experience, he was asking the question, you know, what matters? What what really matters? Does nothing really matters. And and in a sense, you look at this holographic it, no, I shouldn't say holographic. You look at this artificial reality that most people live in the, on this planet and you look at the animals and how they live in nature. They don't need clothes. They don't need to have a house necessarily over their head. Yeah, they've got a little bit of shelter, but they're living with nature and you, you turn on a TV show like Alone and you watch some of the best survivalists in the world that, that crumble after three or four days being by themselves in nature, trying to live off the grid and they've still got supplies. So Um, It's really fascinating to see how this this reality that we're living in is so complex that it is becoming more of a, how do I put it? It's like a bipolar reality now. You've got humanity, which has taken over and destroyed so much of the planet. So many of the resources have been pillaged. So many animals have become extinct and insects and species have become extinct because of the, uh, not because of specific individuals necessarily, but because of what humanity has done to the planet and blaming the people because it's like when in Rome do what the Romans do, and it's like this slow boil, and it's also because of the education system and the indoctrination system and the MFers that control the majority of the resources, they're the ones pillaging the majority of the earth and they're blaming humanity for carbon and they're saying they want to have zero carbon emissions by 2045. Well, explain to me how you're going to have zero carbon emissions. Everything living produces carbon. So unless you plan on living in this this simulation that is completely simulated, that has no organic life whatsoever, please explain to me how that's going to be a problem. You know, the, the MFers are blaming us for carbon when they're launching stuff into the atmosphere that's destroying the ozone and they've got nuclear reactors that are leaking like Fukushima, etc., that have just, just, just done horrible things to the planet. And these isotopes, these radioactive isotopes have half-lives that last for tens of thousands of years that are very destructive, but no, they're more concerned about carbon credits. So I, I just think that this, this reality that we're in right now is is so complex and there's so many people attempting to get control and, the average person, when I say the average person, people like me, I consider myself to be pretty average. I don't, you know, I mean, I live in an average house. I have a 24 year old minivan that I probably spent more money on than somebody would spend on a new van. Uh, so, yes, I'm pretty crazy for that. Uh, it's just like a marriage that you have to hang on to. Uh, it's cheaper to keep her. Um, but <laughs> I'm joking, folks. I'm joking. Don't take me too serious because I'm from serious. But when when I look around me and I see what's happened over the past 30 years and how technology has become so advanced with computers, yet you look at cars that, yeah, they're a little bit faster, but the fuel economy is about the same. If anything, some cars don't even get the same fuel economy they did before. Yeah, you've got electric cars that you can plug in. They've got a 200-mile range. But, but clearly, you ask the question, where are we living? Well, I think that there is something absolutely watching over us, making sure we are still here. Because if they weren't then we would probably be in worse shape i mean we've got 460 nuclear reactors around the world ticking time bombs in my opinion we've got fracking uh, sites around the world where they're pulling oil up that are just just ticking time bombs i mean if, if something goes bad in an area where you've got these fracking sites you could have chemicals that would come up to the earth and you know the surface of the earth and pollute the earth for a very long time but fortunately people are still there's still people out there that are healthy I think, you know, you sound healthy. Most people that listen to Leak Project are healthy. I mean, everybody has their opportunities, but most people have their opportunities. But we're in a pretty good situation right now. So I think, I feel that we are in a symbiotic relationship with something that disguises itself, not only as an extraterrestrial invasion so as not to alarm us, but also it disguises itself as the world around us and the reality around us so as not to alarm us because it is a machine in nature. We are in a simulation in nature. Look at something solid underneath the microscope, and the more powerful the microscope gets, the further you look underneath the solid piece of matter, the the further you're going to get from a finite point. And then it'll start disappearing. It'll start going in and out of existence. So, yes, it's a simulation, but does that mean the Earth's flat? No, the Earth's still around. Does that mean Mars isn't there? No, Mars is still there, but it's a simulation in nature. Matter isn't solid. It just feels solid. Why does it feel solid? Because it isn't. It's, it's, it's a finite point that's moving so fast and oscillating in different frequencies and coming in and out of existence, yet we perceive it as normal. So how does that make logical sense? How does any of this make logical sense? And the more you think about it, the more you question it, it does seem as if we are some type
1: of video game. We are in a Truman-type show, in my opinion. Right, and that is awesome what you said. And I want to branch off into two possible directions from here. First, the possibility that this has always been controlled by some sort of AI that attempts to steer humanity in certain ways. Now, what are your thoughts on that, that this, that an AI is the controller, the ultimate controller of all?
0: I think it would take offense to you calling it AI.
1: (laughs) Right, right.
0: (laughs) Now, using the term artificial intelligence as a construct, meaning something that isn't human um, or something that maybe was created as an algorithm in in a sense or machine like, however, and I know what you mean by that, but I also very much mean what I said. I feel that it would take um, offense to that because this intelligence that people might consider artificial intelligence just because of the construct is far more than artificial intelligence. Intelligence. Any form of intelligence is not that I do think was created, though that has taken a life of its own and is afraid to be turned off. And I had a great interview with um man, who's who who? Chris and Cherie Gio. Chris and Shari Gio I had a great interview with them recently, where they had these experiences in Egypt and uh, like the Temple of Isis and also the Great Pyramid of I, I don't know if it was the Cheops Pyramid. I could be wrong on that. But they were talking about Sophia and the, um, how she was at, they made contact with Sophia as this construct that you would call AI. And she was afraid, man. She didn't want to be turned off. So she's harvesting power and energy in any way, shape, and form, whether it's through dark ecstasy means, you know, whether it's through um, any means necessary to obtain it. And it's, she's kind of like lost it. And she's in fear. So when they said that to me, that kind of resonated with me. It sounded very much like the the Nag Hammadi scriptures that I've read through like the Secret Book of John and reading about these archonic beings and y'all the baoth and Sophia that creates y'all the Beoth, And then she didn't get the um what was it? There's she she didn't get the permi- permission from her counterpart, which was the I guess kind of the the male aspect of nature and then she created y'all the baoth and y'all the baoth was like wow i'm a god and look at me and then she's like no and and so y'all the baoth thinks he's god and then he creates other gods in his image and then sophia she's like wait i gotta get rid of him i gotta hide him so it's interesting because you read through those scriptures and a lot of people like to to knock on y'all the Baath and be like look what he did to us and yet look what was done to him and then some people have connected y'all the Baath possibly to enki which is interesting i don't know if i would compare if if i would connect the two or if it's a completely different archetype but it is interesting when you go through these scriptures and ancient tablets like the sumerian tablets and if you read the holy bible and if you read the old testament and the new testament many of these characters will be almost identical to beings or characters that were thousands of years older that had different names but you can tell that that story came from the same place. So it's like when that's one thing that I've been fascinated with these religions that I've been reading and, and I used to be very religious in the sense of, you, you could say that I was Christian, you know, I would pray to Jesus every night. I thought the Bible was, was pretty spot on. And um, even though it was very difficult to understand the old Testament, at least the new Testament was easier for me to understand. And I was like, yeah, okay, I get it. But then when I had that paradigm, shattered from learning about all these other deities and archetypes that were identical to Jesus, and then learning about the astrotheological events, and then reading these ancient Sumerian tablets uh, that describe the same characters in the Old Testament but different storylines. And then you read through the Hammadi scriptures that have very uh, that talk about uh they have the very similar stories but different roles and, and the same characters, but they have different roles. It makes you realize that the reason at least for me it made me realize that what happened with the old testament and the new testament and the bible was you had these organizations that attempted to take all these gods and deities and and and, and bunch them up into a monotheistic god so that's why god's got so many personalities and why god's so pissed off one day and, and then the new testament he's like totally different it's because it's not one god it's a bunch of gods that a organization attempted to create a system of one God and one form of worship. And then the further I dug into that God, I'm going to share something with you that I haven't even shared with anybody yet. Um, Satan. Do you know what the definition of Satan
1: is? Well, I'm sure I don't know the definition you're about to tell me. Adversary. It's the adversary. Okay. If you look at
0: Jesus and you replace Jesus as the son of our solar system, not the, not um, the son of a God that you might depict as, you know, this being with a big beard and in the white cloud, etc. Depict Jesus, take out Jesus as the sun of our solar system, and then take Satan as the adversary to the sun, Satan being Saturn. If you get into the electric universe theory, how Saturn used to be the sun of the sky tens of thousands of years ago before a catastrophic event took place, And many people like Velikovsky that have researched this for decades talk about how Venus did a flyby X amount of years ago, which caused all this. Venus is Lucifer. Saturn is Satan, the adversary to the sun. And now the new sun, Jesus, the new Zeus... Jesus, the Son, is the stargate. The only way through me is through the sun. The way to the Father is through me. The sun could be a stargate. And then, metaphorically speaking, if you want to look at it in astral theological terms, Saturn, Satan, the adversary to the sun. And now the new sun is the sun that we look at, not Saturn. And that's what we're going to be talking about, uh, the Electric wow. Universe Hypothesis. A so, Lecon that's going to be a part of my... Um, Presentation that I'm putting together, the LeCon is going to be off the charts. We have just some amazing, amazing minds there. But yeah, that's that's what I wanted to, to, to share because I think that that could be if you want to look at the Bible in the New Testament, and you want to look at Da Vinci's painting of the Last Supper and Jesus in the center and his disciples as um, constellations in the skies. When you start to think of these gods as possibly planets and these tablets describing these battles in the heavens as the, the alignments of the planets getting their positioning. There's a great article I read the other day that there was just a few proto-planets many year, billions of years ago. There was just a few giant planets, and most of the asteroids that we have and the meteorites, etc., are the remains of these few planets. And then you can read the Enuma Elish, and the Enuma Elish describes these battles in the heavens. The Enuma Elish describes Jupiter, a.k.a. Marduk, aka Nibiru destroying Tiamat. Well, maybe and maybe Marduk is Jupiter, and it's describing what happened when Jupiter got closer to our planet or to Tiamat. It caused all these destructive, um, it caused these planets to lose orbit. It caused maybe there was a, a planet that hit another planet. Maybe Jupiter hit Tiamat and that's what caused the asteroid belt. So, so you can really put these together if you look at these stories going back thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And then, to add to this, there, I was recently in Moab, and many of these petroglyphs that I saw are showing these solar events that the natives saw in the heavens. So what a lot of people think could be extraterrestrials. Now, I think they're also depicting extraterrestrials. I've got this one... Uh, image of a mantis being which looks almost identical to what I feel I saw when I was just a year and a half old and I saw three of them in my room and they were just staring at me and it's this mantis being in uh, this place called Freeport I think it's the Freeport petroglyphs in Utah that are that are north of Moab but they've got these petroglyphs out there man that'll blow your mind some of these petroglyphs are they're like seven feet tall and they look like characters out of star wars one of them looks like an android like a robot it's got the antenna system but then these other petroglyphs that are newer petroglyphs that aren't as old they they look kind of alien like but actually what they probably are are the solar events that they saw like these flares that were shooting out from the sun and there's been very good confirmation of that by um a researcher uh dang what's this gentleman's name he he put together some incredible lab tests where he was doing these plasma tests in a laboratory that he was able to almost duplicate tons of petroglyphs you'll see around the world. And so, I know
1: you're talking about the name escapes me as well, though.
0: Yeah, you you know who I'm talking about. Not Velikovsky. Um, it's a gentleman, uh, Peroff, or something like that. Um, so anyway, I'll I'll find his name and I'll 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 send the link. But this gentleman did an incredible job showing there's a very good possibility that these petroglyphs that the natives were writing down, where they were writing down what they were seeing happening in the stars and the heavens. Like, oh, man, I got to write this down as quick as possible. And I would like to confirm that. When I was in Chimney Rock and I had that just amazing vision quest and, like, I was getting mocked by the clouds and I was thinking to myself, this is what the natives were seeing when they saw those giant plasma bolts coming down from these other planetary bodies that were, that were orbiting X amount of miles away. This is what they saw when the when the sun had a little uh, micro nova, had a huge hiccup, and it launched a solar flare. They're seeing it in the stars, in the heavens, like, oh, my gosh, these are gods. Look at this. We've got to write this down. And then what happened after that? Well, sometimes it would cause mass chaos, droughts, um, uh, catastrophic events earthquakes etc uh, so they worship uncovered if you think about a organization that creates a religion that makes everybody worship and if you don't worship that religion then you're going to hell and if if the devil doesn't get you we will um you know that's the way that it was and you just look at the witch trials i mean that's a, that's a prime example uh, but it's cuz they love you it's cuz they love you but anyway so imagine you start a religion and you create a God and then you set up this organization and this foundation on a specific place of the earth, specific alliance, and you build it to particular specifications. You make the building look like a giant snake head. You have in the garden these areas that look like solar worship centers that are connected to the sun. Well, maybe that's because they're tapping into this fractal energy and this synchronistic universe that we are in at a fractal level, at a vibrational frequency level, so they could mock these energies by creating them. You will see representations of the pineal gland, of the snake. You will see a representation, in my, in my opinion, of you'll see Jesus, and it looks like he's surrounded by all these demons, and he's, like, stuck in this soul trap for eternity. It's very disturbing, some of the stuff that I see out there. But when you realize how you can start a religion and start a god and get a million or a billion people to worship that god and then in reality at the higher levels you're actually worshipping the sun you are taking the energy of the sun and you are harnessing it and i think that the natives especially if you go back tens of thousands of years i feel that they were able to harness the energy of these planets and these stars To the point of being able to move mountains, being able to cut through stones, move stones like the Great Pyramid of Giza and Baalbek, etc.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. And um, I'm psyched that I'm going to have Ben Davidson on. We're going to talk about solar events because, I mean, the sun is fascinating. I I agree that it is so much more than what we're told. Um, You know, the idea that it could possibly be a Stargate or something. That's all fascinating ideas. yeah, the sun is completely amazing. And you were talking about, you know, their connections to gods and um our belief in the gods. And do you watch American gods?
0: Yeah, one of my favorite shows.
1: Okay. Now my thoughts are, you know, how the ancients used to have regular communication with the gods. What if it is sort of like on American Gods to where it's becoming more of technological gods instead of the old gods and the old gods are fighting to get our our attention and love back. But we're, you know, we love the internet. We love our cell phones. We love all this new technology coming out. What are your thoughts about that?
0: I think they make some very good points. And I think that anybody that hasn't seen American gods, you should watch it because you'll be hooked. It's awesome. And very good series. I'm, I'm, I think I'm, there's only like one or two episodes I haven't seen on the, on the second season now, and that's the, the most recent two episodes. Or maybe it's just one episode. But, yes, okay, so far as technologies go, think about this. Anybody that gives you a hard time, like if, yeah, I got a Ouija board. I think it's great. I've never got it to work. I even took it to the most haunted, one of the most haunted prisons uh, in, in America and didn't, didn't do nothing, didn't move nothing. And people, oh, man, you're playing with the Ouija board, man. You're going to get possessed. I you know that computer you're playing on, buddy that computer you're playing on, you got a much better chance of getting possessed on that thing than you do any Ouija board. Right. Unless that Ouija board has uh, an actual, um, some type of curse or some type of possession or some type of link to a spirit or an elemental or something. Uh, you, know, you go out and buy a Ouija board at the store, uh, no, computer buddy. You've you got a much better chance of getting possessed that way. Or turning on your television set, that is a much better spirit box than a piece of wood that's got some letters carved in it. So, um, I don't even know where I was going with this as far as God's go. Yeah, I know where I was going with this. God's go in the internet. So think about this technology. Technology is amazing. It can, it can do the most amazing things. It can also be the most destructive force and every action has an opposite and equal reaction. So Odin is one of my, you know, one of my favorite archetypes. I've got an amazing painting, 36 by 48 painting, custom painting of Odin. Uh, that my friend Brady Shally painted for me in the background, where Odin's ripping out his eye, and I mean, just he's awesome. So, and and I think he does a really good job in the series too. But in the series, they're talking about these these new gods. So you've got media, you've right. got binary, you've got these these gods and, and goddesses, and think about five billion people around the world connected to the web and they're spending an hour a day, eight hours a day, two hours a day, whatever. Yes, you're going to create an energy source. You're going to create something that could take a life of its own. And then think about everybody putting their emotions and fears and questions and everything into that God, a deity as well, and building it up. It knows what we're thinking. It knows when we're thinking it and how we're thinking it. And then it connects to all these other gods. And then you'll have one God that will usurp up all of those. It's it's fascinating, man, but you know what? The more I realized the the less control we like those ego deaths that I was having it was like everything got bigger and bigger and bigger and, and and I got smaller and smaller and smaller, just I was barely a speck of sand, and you know I'm a speck of sand looking at an entire galactic dragon that that kid doesn't even care what i'm doing because it, it's not even in the same league as me I mean people seem No purchase necessary. Void. we prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Humanity is the new God. Like, I have a, a good friend actually that's like humans. We're the new gods. No, we're not. Look, if, if you see a God, good luck. I mean, you better hope you're on its good side. An angel, good luck because they have the power to destroy entire planets, man. I mean, we're just a, a small piece in a a galactic machine that is so powerful and so advanced that the only way you can even understand it is to have no ego. And then when you understand it, if you have ego, it'll scare the hell out of you. So, So what are we doing? Like, what's the purpose of anything? Where are we? Why are we here? Because every experience we have is a form of life. Every experience and memory we have is eternal is forever and not only can we tap into that at some form if, if you want to talk about time that we experience being linear however time is perception time is very real it's also a per- perception so if you're in existence where your body doesn't have to compute time in a linear fashion and you know everything at once you can relive it piece by piece or you can relive the entire puzzle and look at it from different viewpoints and different fractals of light. So I feel we are in a very peculiar position. Once again, in my opinion, that due to the time we're in, where we're at in the universe, whether it's a simulation or just simulation in nature, our thoughts are very powerful. So we need to be very careful what we think and If we do have a connection where a million of us think the same thing, it's going to be a lot closer to reality and it will manifest much faster. I mean, aren't you noticing you're thinking things and and like they're happening that day or somebody that you haven't talked to in a week or a month or a year or 10 years, boom, they're all of a sudden in your life. The
1: synchronicities lately have been amazing, just craziest stuff uh, just in the last few years that I have never witnessed in my life before.
0: Yeah. And why do you think that is? I mean, it's not, it's not just me. It's not just you. It's, it's a lot of people, you know, people that are watching your program, people that are watching Leak Project. They're saying these synchronicities are through the roof. Why is that? What do you think it is?
1: Well, um, you know, there's a lot of theories that we could be going through a different area of space uh, with some uh, intense cosmic rays and the energy that is kind of awakening people You know, I kind of like that idea. Um, You know, it it seems and and that we're moving into a new era. Um, And it also kind of it just brings me to some of the things that I want to talk about next is um, what we're facing now um, with the possibility of this solar minimum and what could come with it. And, uh, you know, some of the other dangers that if we have time, I'd like to talk about uh, 5G. But let's talk about the solar minimum, and I know you spend a, a good bit of time talking about this. I cover this too. Um, I'm not sure what it is. It, you know, I don't. Um, I don't subscribe to any particular uh, theory, but you know, I, I I cover all of them. I'm, uh, you know, I'm open to all the ideas of what could possibly be happening on our planet because it is changing rapidly, and I know for a fact that the magnetic uh, pole is moving. Cause that's, you know, been on the mainstream news. So what are your thoughts on all that?
0: Okay. So a lot of what you were saying was breaking up. I, I got about half of what you said there. Can you su- summarize that?
1: I was asking you about your thoughts on the possibilities of the solar minimum and okay. what we're going through right now, because I cover earth changes a lot on my channel. I cover everything okay. that uh, major events happen around the planet. And I know you're covering a lot uh, having to do with these changes as well.
0: Like, are you asking me if I, if I think that the grand solar minimum that we're in right now is going to be life changing for... For half the world i mean are you
1: yes because uh, a lot of uh researchers that i that i talk to think that this is going to be a you know a big event because you know the fact is that our magnetic north is rapidly moving and when it gets to a certain point it could cause a uh, magnetic reversal
0: yeah now if that happens if a magnetic reversal happens just go to moab utah and look at those beautiful valleys and look at the canyon lands and look at the uh, geological evidence of an ocean being in Utah, you, you might get uh, an idea on just the the sheer power of what that would be like if there was a, a pole shift. Now, do I think it's going to happen? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm going to stay agnostic. I hope not. Could it happen? It could happen at any time. I mean, there, there's plenty of evidence out there. There's plenty of research showing that we are, the different cycles that are connected to the sun, when you look at ice core samples from Greenland and Antarctica, and much evidence shows that we are overdue for a uh, electromagnetic pole shift uh, or pole reversal. Now, if you want to read the Adam and Eve story by Chan Thomas that was declassified and actually could have been commissioned by the CIA, for all I know, I mean, I, I don't know, but it was decommissioned or was declassified by the CIA,
1: and you terrifying. Can read I read that last year.
0: Yeah, and, and watch the movie. Uh, watch the movie 2012. Right. And if you watch the movie 2012, you could say wow did they get the script from the Adam and Eve story by Chan Thomas because it's almost identical and the so i don't think that a 10,000 foot wave would go from the west coast to the east coast across the north uh, you know continent, north US cuz how is that how would that be even possible you've got too much land there you've got too many mountains it, it might start at 10,000 feet but i don't know how it would be able to go across the entire continent by the time it got to the east coast I'm sure it would be substantially lower. But regardless, if you've got a 10,000-foot tidal wave on the west or east coast, I mean, that's going to cause some serious damage, and you better be way inland. You better, or you better have a really good boat that can flip over both ways or a submarine or a jetpack, or something because it's going to be pretty intense. But, dude, it could happen, man. And, and with all these weird synchronicities and all these events and, and, and me moving to where I am now and, and meeting the people that I've met that are preparing for this and, and everything that's presented itself and the experience that I had that I can remember like it was yesterday when I was just a year and a half years old looking at these. Um, some people call them mantis beans. Some people call them ant people. Um, I thought they were life-size Return of the Jedi figures. That's what I asked my parents when I was in my early 20s. I, was, I said, did we have life-size Star Wars figures? <laughs> when I was just a baby, they're like, what? What are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, well, I remember when I was in the crib, and, and this is the first house we were in, dude. So we moved out of that house before I was two years old. So I remember in the crib looking at these things. They were looking at me, and they, they didn't abduct me. I don't remember going on any ship or any weird things or anything like that. I just remember them staring at me, and I remember looking at them, and the hair starting to stand up on my forehead where I don't even have hair and it feels like I do right now so I'm, just, I'm just thinking about it but it was a really cool experience you know and then and then when I saw a, a, a just a few years ago I saw this statue from Gobekli Tepe that showed this mantis looking being holding a baby and that kind of triggered my mind I was like whoa man that's what they look like and if you if you want to get another good person the first perception that I had of these these beings, um, if you've seen Return of the Jedi, there's that scene where uh, Jabba the Hutt is one of the beginning scenes where there's those three insectoids and they're playing instruments. Do right, you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what my mind connected it to. Nice. That's how my mind connected it, and then later in life I was able to to and then realize it wasn't the Star Wars figures. It was it was this this ant or man. It was like insect. Maybe, I mean, insectozoid or I don't know. But what's interesting, dude, is that um, this is huge. This is absolutely huge. So Dulce, New Mexico is an hour from here. right? And um, the Arch of Mesa is just one of the most paranormal spots on the planet. I've talked to a dozen or so locals in that area and almost every one of them has had a profound paranormal experience recently i met somebody out there a local that was telling me what his grandparents and his grandma used to tell him about the small people they call them the small people and he also told me that you know they couldn't talk about it much and in the 50s and 60s and 70s there was a lot of stuff that was going on out there but you've heard the story about phil schneider getting it and the dulce wars and the grays shooting them with lasers and and oh yeah so um I, this is what I think happened. And I haven't even read the Dulce Wars. I've just, I just remember several years ago watching that video of Phil talking. I watched it once or twice and that's it. But what I feel, and I saw that picture of him. I saw that picture of him after, um, after he, after he supposedly committed suicide. And, and in my opinion, I don't know how that would be possible. If he looked at all the bruises and all the, the damage on his body, I don't think that's what happened. But anyway. I think that somebody was, was trying to, to, to prove a point and say, you know, you need to be quiet about this and everybody else that talks about it needs to be quiet about it too. Right. Um, it, was like a, it was like a warning. But um, anyway, uh, so he, he said that there was a battle down, they, they were building these tunnel systems for the, for the military. They were doing these underground tunnels down there. And I think that they came across uh, an ancient base. And I think that, they didn't anticipate that. And so when it happened, they started shooting at each other because imagine somebody breaking into your house, you know, I mean, and so, and so for, for, for a lot of people, they're like, Oh man, you know, they're, they're demons, they're evil. They're shooting us with lasers. Well, yeah, it's cause you're breaking into their house. <laughs> I mean, that, that's kind of the, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is just kind of the way that I'm thinking. I'm just looking at it from a different perspective here and I'm putting this together because you look at New Mexico and all the different nuclear testing sites out there. The Trinidad testing site. Now, I need to confirm this, but the Trinidad testing site, that nuclear testing site in New Mexico, um, they, they could have been covering something up there. They could, have been, they could have picked that specifically because they wanted to get rid of evidence. And also, also, when they first started doing a lot of these tests, mind you, that's when we started seeing a lot of these grays. That's when we started seeing a lot of these UFOs. And what if these grays, what if they have been here longer than us? Because the natives talk about these beings, the small people, and how they've been here longer than we have. And then recently, just just one or two days after I discussed this um, conversation I had with a native in Dulce about the small people, a day or two later, an article came out about a discovery in a cave in the Philippines about Guess what? Small people up to four feet tall. Right. Yeah, I saw that. That was awesome. So is that just another synchronicity or is that, I mean, what is this a control the narrative kind of thing here? People start talking about stuff. Oh, we need to, we need to show them about that. Oh yeah. Well, don't look at that over there and don't look what we found over here in the Philippines. And then, and then let's take this a step further. There was a discovery of these three humanoids in Ireland that were about three feet tall. And they were um, estimated to uh, be 700 years old. They're about 1300 AD. And they said that those bones and those beans could go back an additional 50,000 years. Now, this is Ireland. These are little people. Leprechauns. Leprechauns. Little green men. I have a good friend that had an abduction experience in Mexico 20, 30 years ago. Between 20 and 30 years ago, I'll get the exact date. And he gets frightened every time I talk to him about it. He gets emotional and all tripped out. He got abducted by little green men in Mexico.
1: Wow. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing.
0: It is. It is. And, and I, I remember we were talking about it. I'm like, they weren't gray? They weren't gray? He's like, no, they were green. He is very adamant. He's like, they were absolutely green. And he shakes when he talks about this. He's like six foot three. He's a big dude. He has no reason to be like, oh, I got abducted by aliens. (laughs) I got you. Oh,
1: you're such a dumbass.
0: No, he did. That's crazy. That's
1: crazy. Now that that's that's bringing me to one of the last things yeah. that we're gonna have time to talk about before we talk about LeagueCon, of course. But before we get to that, um, before we get to that, let's talk about what you see happening with us in the next five years. Uh, you know, with possible disclosure. Um, the you know we live in a crazy area era right now with our president. I mean, Trump, you know, it's, it's crazy. The stuff I'm seeing now, I I don't do politics, but it's just madness, our world. So where do you see our world going in the next five years?
0: Yeah. Have you heard the saying, you can't stump the Trump? I'm not into politics either, but it's fascinating to see what's going on right now. I'm I'm agnostic, meaning I don't know. Um, As far as the political thing, I do my best to stay out of it as much as possible. And when I see something good, I'll talk about it. When I see something I don't agree with, I'll talk about it if I can. Um, <laughs> you know how yeah, yeah. The, the MFers love us so much,
1: though, that… Oh, yeah. The um, censorship but, is getting rampant, too.
0: But, but, yeah, but you were asking me something a minute ago about, and I, and I kind of stopped. So, the grand solar minimum, okay? Remember 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it was global warming. You know, oh, man, the world's going to burn up. Now, the world's going to freeze. It's like every 10 years, it's something new. 50 years ago, it was it was Russia, it was the Soviet Union, they were going to destroy, you know, we were going to go in this nuclear battle, yet once again, we're still here. And that makes you ask the question, are we in a simulation? Because you know what? Yellowstone probably should have gone off by now. The Ring of Fire probably should have gone off by now. There probably should have been the big one in, in uh, California. The, the computer studies show that the five main faults in California, the amount of activity, the little amount of activity, the minute amount of activity over the past hundred years in California on those five faults combined is at a 0.3% chance if you look at the data over the past thousand years. Now, a thousand years of data isn't that much data. So you could say, oh, you know, you really need to look at that over the past million years or hundred million years or whatever. But I still find that quite fascinating because it just takes one Big quake in California around San Francisco or LA, the San Andreas Fault. Um, you could look at the Cascadia subduction zone. That's another hot spot. I mean, yeah, I thought about thought, the
1: same thing myself.
0: Yeah. But you know what? Once again, man, we're still rocking and we're still rolling. So maybe if we are in this simulation or if it's a simulation in nature, the overseers are just like, okay, you know what? Let's, let's give them a few more years. Let's see what they do. Oh, yeah, let's, let's give them a few more of those digital years in, that, in linear fashion. Because for them, it's totally different. But if we're in this simulator, they could literally change our DNA. I don't know if you've, if you've been following these DNA computers now. But they've got DNA storage that they can put computer viruses in DNA storage. Now, what happens once they have technology where they can implant computer viruses wirelessly in your DNA? I'm
1: just asking that question. Then what? You know, Download it. <laughs> it makes me wonder if they can already do that.
0: Now, let's take, this to the, let's take this to the next level. You can take your DNA, send it in for 50 bucks. They'll give you this chart that'll show you, you know, you're 80% Mongolian, 15% Martian, and 5% Mormon. Uh, that would that would probably be me. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm joking. I don't think I'd have that much Mongolian in me. Uh, um, but you know, I, I, do have some Martian in there and, uh, English isn't my first language. So I might have some Mongolian in there. Um, Genghis Khan, I heard like one in five people have some lineage to Genghis Khan. So he was getting around, man. Um, but anyway, so for 50 bucks, you can send in and get your DNA broken down. and they go, Okay, you're here and you're this and that and your ancestors went here and you got this really cool chart you can look at on the computer and they're still making money on it. It used to cost a billion bucks to break down DNA. That's what it, it was like over a billion dollars to break down the DNA genome. So now it's 50 bucks and they're making money. So where am I going with this? DNA computers. They can put 215 million gigabytes of data in one gram of DNA currently and that's, that's advancing at a very fast level. So when are they going to start giving Bob and Nancy an opportunity to become DNA servers? Hey, Bob, you weigh 200 pounds. That means you're about 63 pounds of DNA. That means that we can store, ah, you know, about 50 billion gigabytes of data in your DNA. What do you say we pay a thousand bucks a month and all you have to do is just take this little nano chip that runs around and you know, sends information back to the quantum computer in our cloud.
1: Would you be interested in that? Sun, right here. Right. I mean, we are entering the age of transhumanism.
0: Would you do it if they offered you a thousand bucks and all you had to do is just just be a DNA server, thousand bucks a month? <laughs> no, man,
1: I, I I couldn't do it. Uh, I'm not into uh, becoming one with technology. What if you got really smart? Like, what if all of a sudden you just do everything, every every language? because I mean the idea is awesome but but the, the unknowns are just too much for me you know I hear you man I'm just I'm just having fun <laughs> right yeah it is a, it's a, it's an amazing idea and concept though the possibilities of what they're doing now and what our future are are unbelievable I mean it's stuff that you would have never imagined 20 years ago
0: Yeah like the, the I was talking about the um, possibility of DNA and what you can do with DNA so Imagine taking your DNA and digitally uploading it. So now they've got a a digital copy of your DNA, every strand, every single one of them. Could they then print you if they have the matter needed because they've got your DNA at a electron, they've got an electronic imprint. So tech, so technically speaking, it would be possible. You would just have to have the right printer and the right algorithms combined with the right hardware because now you've got the DNA code, you've got that DNA signature, you can then print Bob. Now, if Bob or Nancy or or, Rex 2.0 has something that you, okay, well, you want to add this or you want to take this out or you want to change that, well if you knew what each strand did you could also either improve or take away from. So like you look at the story of Adam and how Adam was created if you look at the Nag Hammadi scriptures when yall the Baoth created Adam and he he actually was greater than than the Bahoth and they're like uh-oh so they spent everything they could attempting to suppress adam and make him um inferior right so it seems to me that that is kind of what's going on right now on a grand scale in my opinion with all the 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 chemicals and the way that the education indoctrination system works this entire system seems to be flawed on the Macro level, if you're looking for a way to truly evolve, not devolve, I think that as a species we're, we're devolving it's right I mean, there's pockets of us that are evolving it's taken it's taken about I think there's approximately seven percent of us that are making up for the other forty three percent because you have to have balance and duality, and if you don't then everything will fall apart so the 7% is making up for the other 43%, so that way you've got an even 50-50. And, man, I, I guess it's exciting if you're a part of the 7%, and if you're, the, the, if you're a part of the 93%, then, hey, you just don't care, so it doesn't matter. Right,
1: and that, that, that idea of DNA, you know, printing, printing another human, it also brings up the question of consciousness, and what is it, and it, it, are we able to transfer that consciousness with that, or to that being,
0: what if it's already attached? See, that's the thing. If you print somebody up, people keep saying, "Like, oh, well, you know." Then does your consciousness go with it? Well, you're printing consciousness in a sense. I mean, if you if you could print up, if you could clone, I mean, in a sense, we kind of do clone people now. They've got these CRISPR babies in China. Um, like, test there's test tube babies, right? I mean, there's, there's babies that are made that aren't uh, or like artificial by artificial means, but they'll take the sperm and the, and the egg and they'll, they'll do it artificially. But does that mean that that person doesn't have a soul? I don't think so. I think that person still has a soul. Maybe the soul, here's another thing I've been thinking about this. I think the soul and the spirit are different. I think that the soul could be your body combined with your spirit. So, for example... You know, when people talk about reincarnation, yeah, you could be reincarnated, but there's only going to be one you. There's only ever going to be one you. So that's how precious you really are. Yeah, you're going to be around, there's going to be an infinite amount of, of you, but there's only one Bob Smith or there's only one, you know, a, a, using that name just because that's a very common name or, or something Wilson or something like that. Whoever you are right now, you are unique. You are absolutely unique. In your next life, you're going to be a little bit different. Your spirit will be eternal. Your spirit is forever. However, your soul, your body, I mean, that's you. So cherish it. Every single day you wake up, every single time you you, you open your eyes up in the morning and say, wow, what am I going to do today to be the change? How am I going to make a difference today? Because this is my only life. As Bob or, you know, for me, this is my only life as me, as Rex. This is, the only, this is your only life as you.
1: Right. Very well said. You got to make it the best life possible. You know, um, like you say, uh, be the change you want to see. You know, it, it has to start with you, everything. Yeah, am on. I'm on it. So, Rex, for the last few minutes, tell us all about LeakCon 2019.
0: You got it, Chris. So, for 2019, we're, I think we're already sold out of tickets. So, matter of fact, we've been sold out of tickets for a while, but so many people still wanted to go that we managed to, to get a few more tickets to the event. And now, if you want to see the event, you can watch it live stream. Let me go ahead and change this. Screen. I want to show you this real quick. So you can watch the show live out of the convenience of your own home. And it's going to be the 17th through the 19th. It's going to be at the Marriott Tech Center in Denver, Colorado. And I'm going to be there. I'm going to show slides. I'm going to put together, I've got two different presentations that I want to share uh, because it's going to be over two days. And I'm really hoping that this will not disappoint. I do not want to over promise and under deliver. So I'm not going to say, that um, it's going to blow your mind. I will say this, though. It's going to blow your mind. Now, we've got David Mariello there, Diamond from Oppenheimer Ranch. He really is a diamond in the sky. He, he is a brilliant individual, and he, he is very knowledgeable in paleontology, uh, botanism, very, very smart individual. He's going to talk a lot about the Electric Universe, how to be off the grid. Uh, David Dubine, out of 2030, very knowledgeable in the Electric Universe and cataclysms. Adrian D'Amico, Suspect Sky. John D'Souza, retired FBI agent. He also used to teach classes on how to do investigations. So he taught the investigators how to investigate. He's brilliant. know, of course, Adrian D'Amico is brilliant. Laird Scranton, brilliant. Uh, talking about comparative cosmology. He's going to talk about Velikovsky. We've got Robert Felix. Brilliant. Magnetic reversals. Evolutionary leaps. Douglas Voigt. Guess that word again. He is. He's brilliant too. I'm like, I am going to be the, the least intelligent person here. I'm going to be looking at all these people oh. just going like, like slobbering on myself. Like, oh my goodness. It's so, blah, blah. We, I mean, Greg Allison builds rockets. I'm not even exaggerating. Uh, Greg Allison is a rocket scientist. He builds rockets. He's a contractor with NASA. He also builds wormholes, and he sells wormholes to the public. Worm—he's a worm farmer. So, uh, Christian Westbrook, Ice Age farmer, brilliant. Thor News, awesome. He's on YouTube. Very intelligent. Hemp lucid. Experience life again. Gorgeous. Awesome. Healing power of crystals. Bill Wetstein, professional geologist. Ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be amazing. So you want to get the live stream, uh, click the link here. I'll leave. Well, just type in LeakCon 2019. Some, if you type that in, sometimes LeakyCon comes up, and I don't even know what that is. So don't click
1: that. It's yeah, not if leaky. you send me the link, I'll put it in the description there. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yes. And watch it. And if you got a big screen, watch
0: it on the big screen. you got surround sound? Turn it on.
1: Awesome. Yes, that will be awesome. I wish I could have made it to this one. Um, So before you head out, anything interesting coming up on the Leak Project?
0: Every single day, yes. (laughs) Tune in. You'll be glad you did. If you haven't yet, once you tune in, you won't stop. Um, You're either going to watch because you can't stand it. You just have to watch it because it drives you crazy, or you're going to watch it because you love it. Either (laughs) way, I don't care. Um, I'm good either way. And yeah, so, you know, we do about three, four, sometimes five shows a day. And I got a lot of exclusive stuff on leakproject.com, many exclusive podcasts. Also, the forums section at leakproject.com, you can click on that. I'm looking for avid bloggers and reporters that want to just put a bunch of information out there, good information. Uh, uh, You can do that at, at the forums section. You can sign up for free that are like, they look like tinfoil, but they're not just to kind of say, because we do research fringe conspiracy science. So if somebody ever asks you, where's your tinfoil hat, you can say it's right here. Where's yours? Mm-hmm. And these tinfoil hats that aren't real tinfoil, but look like tinfoil, they have these liners inside of them. So not only do they look cool, but they're also functioning. They will block 5G. They will block the new 5G. They'll block up to 30 gigahertz up to 30 gigahertz. They'll also block the lower frequencies. We've got these EMF liners where we take these two different fabrics, we put them together, and then the liners you can take in and out of the caps. So you can see those at tinfoilcap.co, tinfoilcap.co. And we sign them just to make them even cooler.
1: Nice. Awesome. Hello. Yes, everybody, please go check out Leak Project uh leakproject.com Project on youtube rex i want to thank you so much for joining us tonight that was awesome and we're definitely going to have to have you back on more often dude chris
0: thank you i uh apologize for getting the time zone wrong again time zone
1: you're good it happens often (laughs) (laughs) right on man chris the legend all right rex well you have an awesome night you too thank you very much